I just wish we would have had that on in that time. I don't know when you're going to hit it, so. It's already on. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I did one of these. It's been a few months. Uh, it's probably been about two. Slacker. What's the hold up trying to get people to do it? No, just. No, no, he's got all kinds of people bugging. Every time just, he does one, other people go, oh, yeah. What am I doing? Yeah, a full-time job just sucks. <laughs> really? Yeah. I haven't known that for the last 30 years of my life. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're back, though. Tissue. Uh, it's, yeah, we'll, we'll have to get a statistic. I'll, I'll get our, our people on the board on that one. But uh, here tonight, back as always, your host, Alex Pops, and a new special guest, Ryan Kunkel. How you doing, Ryan? Good. How you guys doing? Not bad. Uh-huh. Uh, to get back into it, I want to do just a short one, uh, you know. It's like riding a bike, you gotta get your first feet on the pedals. We're gonna talk Yager and is he really checking out? As he asked for his ha. check. Ha. There's like ha. way too many puns that are overused. Wow. But um before we get into Should we it, just go with the flow? Yeah, we <laughs> just, so this is how it's gonna be tonight. Yeah, it is. Welcome to the cheese fest. Uh before we get into it though, I don't know if you listen, Ryan, but we always do your first time on the show. Uh, what's your experience with hockey like? How long have you played? Do you coach? Uh, you know, are you, are you better than we are? Just a little background of what got you into the sport and what you do. I played adult league maybe starting 10 years ago, 12 years ago, somewhere around there. Played that for a couple of years and pretty much just open hockey now. Keep saying I want to get back into something competitive, but I'm old and suck, so. <laughs> well, we all are. Uh, <laughs> Hell of a goaltender, I'll give you yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm what you call a stand-up goalie. Yeah. And last time I played, I was the 27th goalie option for the night, according to our goalie coach, Bob. 27th out of 25? Pretty much. You played well, though. I'll give you that. You stopped all 10 shots you faced and gave up, like, 10 goals. But... It's like somebody gave a circus bear a blocker and a stick and said, yeah. just go stand there. Maybe he would have had more saves. <laughs> But, uh, go ahead. <laughs> it's hard. I always tell people if you've never played goal, anybody that ever plays hockey should at least play goal a few times just to see how hard it is. I remember when we started, when I started in-house, they had a program where everybody played a position once. And I played goalie against, uh, listeners won't know who he is, but you know, Kyle Long. Mm-hmm. Kyle was on the other team and a freak of an athlete. If you want to look him up, uh, track and field for Arizona State, uh, a beast of a human being, nice guy over meat. Uh, yeah, hung like eight goals on me because I was, you know, four feet tall, couldn't even reach the crossbar, and didn't know what I was doing. And after that, I decided I'll never play goalie again. But not to call you guys old, but you guys are old enough to know when Yager first came into the league, 1990, I was not even a thought at that point. Yeah. So you guys have seen his whole career. Where's he rank in your opinion on the best of the best? He's, uh, for me, I think he's right up there with the best. I mean, you, you talk early, you know, obviously with uh, the legends early in the day, um, Orr and Hall and all those guys of that generation. Then you had, you know, Gretzky and Lemieux and that generation. And I think Yager was kind of 
after those guys, even though he played kind of in the same era, but kind of the not really the tail end of those guys, but like the midway point of those guys of like Gretzky and Lemieux. And like he got there when they were in their prime, basically. Yeah. He, he, yeah. I think he was if you take your the best list of the best guys, he was at the very bottom of that. Yeah, I mean and, he's yeah he's not you know he's no Gordy Howe he's not yeah. he's not Wayne Gretzky but if you look at where those guys were in their time where he was in his prime he kind of that to me that's where, like that comparison lies to where you know in his time he was like those guys in their time yeah well here I'll I'll, I'll pose a question to you is uh, you're not a fan of Marty Brodeur you think that he's played the only reason he continued his career is to rack up records. And if, I mean, you look at it, records as of now, if he does not continue to play, if this really is the end, he's third in goals, fifth in assists, second in games played, and first when it comes to game-winning goals and overtime goals. Obviously, he showed up until his final season that he could still play with the best of the best, but do you think that he held on just to achieve some of these records, or did he really you know, could hang with them and had fun doing it. I think he could hang with them because I think, you know, when he was with Florida, all the stories you would hear of how, you know, after a game or whatever, he'd be at the rink till two in the morning, you know, doing skating drills with weights on that. He, I think his dedication and love to the game is why he continued to play. And I think that's why he will continue to play, but not in the NHL. I think he'll still play over in the Czech league for, at least another three years. Well, here, I, I, we'll get into it more, but do you think another team will get him before the season ends? I'm not no. sure how the logistics of that will work. No, I think he's done in the NHL. I think that was it. Yeah, I think, actually, the offseason, I think, killed him. Because he had a pretty decent year last year in Florida. Yeah. 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 I, I think the unknowing of, of, you know, in Florida, they told him, hey, we're not going to bring you back and – and a few well, teams. I, th- I think the thing there originally is they indicated that they were going to bring him back, and they kind of backed out of that thing. So I think that kind of set him back right there. Maybe I don't know how that would contribute to you know whatever nagging injuries he had or whatnot, but I think it's just maybe a psychological thing or that took its toll on him there. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, I remember there was the big to do for free agency, and then like you said, the off season it was you know where's he going to end up, and then. It, you know, well, we're not sure if he's really going to come back, but we think he is. And then he said he's going to continue playing, but nobody really expressed big interest in him. I remember at the time it was uh, Pittsburgh was the leading candidate, and it was we're going to bring him back to retire type deal. Uh, obviously, he didn't want that. He wanted to play and, and well, win another cup. But I don't know if you like if you look back at his career. Like I said, I'm not old enough to remember it. Um, he was drafted in 1990, fifth overall, and I remember I looked this up earlier. It's like I was curious. Well, who who was drafting that same class? Because he's the only person from that class still, still around, yeah. quote unquote, active. And if you go picks one through four, Owen Nolan, Peter Nedved, Keith Primo, and Mike Ritchie, I can't really say that he was better, or if not, I shouldn't say if the same, if not better than those four guys. Olin Nolan, obviously, statistics, yeah, but was he a better player than him? I think, yeah, I clearly, I think he was better than all those guys. You really, you think oh, he absolutely. should have been first? Okay. Just, just the way he, 
the way he played the game, his physical strength of when he had the puck, the way he could shield guys off and just keep possession and just kind of dominate guys in the corner and, and behind the net and, and still make plays. Yeah, nobody was knocking him off no. the puck. I was going to say, no. his his whole his MO is you put it in a corner and, and I'll turn you inside out. Yeah. You can't, when he shields it, you can't get off of him. You can't do anything with it. Uh, it's, I, I'm, I'm trying to think back of, of memories of what I can remember, but what I can think is when he was with the Flyers when he came back in 2011. Uh, you know, he had a good season, good few seasons there. Played well with Giroux and Voracek. Obviously moved on uh, from there to a bunch of other stints, but well, he he was dominant and got most of his points mid late nineties when scoring. I believe overall was up. You're not seeing anybody. When's the last time somebody scored sixty? Yeah, I, I if I remember correctly, he sixty uh, goals. Yeah, maybe this year. Maybe. Yeah, right, yeah, really. Um, I believe he actually holds a record for. He has 20 consecutive seasons if you don't count the lockout and when he um, went back to the Czech League. If you count them all together, he has 20 consecutive seasons of 50 points or more, which is an all-time record. And you look at guys today in this league who, uh, Voracek, for instance, he just hit 50 assists last night. Yeah. I, You don't see that very often in a hold that for 20 seasons in a row. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I and you know, you're like we said, we played with Lemieux. He played any younger cruisers. Lemieux. Um, I'm not sure if he played with Messier in New York. I think Messier was done. I have to. I have to yeah, I think he might have been done by then. But if you look, like I said, I was researching earlier for career stats. He won one MVP trophy. Yep, he won the Hart Memorial one time. One time, five times, I think. He won the scoring championship. Yep, Art Ross. And then he won, uh, oh, I forget what it is. Oh, the Lester B. Peterson, or Pearson, excuse me. He won that three times, which is NHLPA's basically MVP. Players, Players, yeah. Yeah. But you talk about uh, he only won the heart one time. He was actually a finalist four times for that. I don't have in front of me who – who won ahead of him, but, uh, you know, obviously you're talking awards. He's also a member of the Triple Gold Club, which for people who don't know is if you win a Stanley Cup, a Olympic medal, and then a world championship when they were around medal all within the same time frame, there's only, if I remember correctly, 27 people who have ever won or who are part of that club, I guess yeah. you'd say, which is a feat within itself because the Olympics are only over four years. World championships, you know, you have to be special to make those teams with rules combined. Just would you call him a once in a generational talent, excluding that generation of players that he was with? I mean, is he like a Connor McDavid of his time or Crosby of that time? I don't think so. No? And I'm not Obviously, I'm a Flyers fan. I was never necessarily a Pittsburgh hitter until they got Crosby, but <laughs> I would consider him more of a Malkin type. I don't think he was ever necessarily the best player on his team, except for his end run with Pittsburgh. So like, you'd say he was like the he was the supporting cast to those teams, basically. Yeah. He was uh, the Scottie Pippen to Michael Jordan type deal. 
Yeah, I don't know if you're yeah, I'm not a basketball fan. <laughs> I'll take your word for that. Yeah. But even, I wouldn't even, like you said that about Messier with Gretzky. But I think Messi overall was a better player. Yeah, especially I think when he he shined on his own later in his career as well. Right, when he went to New York, he was a man there. I don't know. I never – I can't necessarily say I ever felt like I had to watch everything that he did. Like now you see Connor McDavid. Like you see him get the puck, you want to pay attention because something crazy might happen. Oh, we had last night. I don't know if you saw that where he batted yeah. it out of the air. No, yeah, that was, that. yeah he, he took the shot, rebound popped up, and then swung at it, batted it out of midair. As he's like going past him. Most yeah. guys just completely missed that. But, I mean, you go back, like you said, he, he was – uh, you just joined us back. He's like the best supporting player. He's he's never really the number one guy. He was always the supporting cast. But I think that really fits him, though. I mean, he's a. I think in today's terms, you would define him as a playmaker, not a, a scorer or a sniper type deal. Yeah, I think the only time you could have called him like the guy was his stint in Washington. Obviously, yeah. Obviously in Pittsburgh, he was with Lemieux. Well, in the rate with the Rangers. I have to look it back and see who all they had there at that time. But I know when he was with the Caps, it was pretty much him, and they tried to build around him. Was that – he was with uh, Peter Bondra at the Caps, or was Bondra – I think it might have, I think it might have been the tail end of Bondra. Okay. say because he put the puck in the net a lot for yeah. well, five, six time. years. Well, I said, yeah, I mean, the 2001 is when they signed him. He At that time, he had the biggest contract – in NHL history, which was seven years, seventy-seven million. Um, was but, that with the Caps? Yeah. Two thousand. I, I thought he was traded to the Caps. Maybe he just. I, I might yeah, have been. Was, I know that traded, was. Yeah, because he, yeah, he he was traded. I looked that up tonight for three guys I never even heard of, and I think <laughs> a draft pick that they drafted somebody I never heard of, or maybe traded to Anaheim or something. I forget what the deal was. But, but yeah, I, I said about you know playmaker. You look at career stats. He has, yeah. Um, as of now, I, I, I mean, if he comes back, it'll be updated. But it's 766 goals, 1,155 assists, over, just over uh, 1,700 games. That's a point per game average and a little more change. So, I mean, like I said, it, I personally think because I've seen him in his tail end. He's obviously a, a talented player, but like you guys said, he's not a not a generational talent. He's not a Connor McDavid or a Sidney Crosby. He'd even throw Austin Matthews into that mix. He was more of a supporting cast guy who got it done. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably have to agree with that. But even even that, just just a quick thing when you talk about generational players and you talk about McDavid and, and Matthews, you look what they did last year and they and they, they tore it up. But now you look at this year, now you've got kids like Barzell with the Islanders, um, some of the other young kids um, who's escaping my mind right now. Oh, Bosser with, yeah, with Vancouver. Brock so Bosser, yeah. Best, yeah. So now you've got these guys in the fold, you know, year two. So can you say that, that guys like McDavid and Matthews are generational guys, or is that just, this is how the NHL is going to be now. You've got all these young guns and, there's so much skill. So that'll be interesting to watch going forward. Well, you, I like how you said that because the name of the game now is speed. And he is obviously not a very fast player. I think that was 
one of his biggest downfalls was he shielded the puck well. He knew how to protect it, but he just was slow. He was maybe bulky is not the right term, but he was a big He's guy. Solid. Yeah, yeah, solid yeah. player. Later, you look at early in his career, he was a smaller guy. I mean, yeah. He obviously bulked up. It reminds me a lot of Ryan Conkle. <laughs> yeah, just skinny. <laughs> With the flow as well. Yeah. yeah there you go. I, I think that actually, especially in his last few years, probably was his his thing was he just couldn't keep up. You know, he would get it, get to the corner, but it's a run and gun style play these days where you're, you know, he came from the two line pass era and then that was in and, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that's something that he just never got a, adapted to with speed, but you know, you're not going to get faster when you get older. That's for sure. And we proved that every Friday night, <laughs> <laughs> but to tie in on the next one, just to say he actually holds, I believe it's a record. If not, top three he's been selected to the all-star game 13 times which if i remember correctly is a record of some sorts but at the time we're taping this we just had all-star weekend and i'm going to be the first one to say i don't know if you guys agree i didn't think it was that good i don't know if you watched as much as i did i honestly didn't get a chance to watch it i think i mean they kept some of the the marquee events like speed skating accuracy um, but I know the one last year that I I loved was they had the the team based competition where you yeah. had the stick hand at one end, uh, accuracy, make a few passes, and then the goalies got to shoot. And as far as I was aware, they took that away this year. And I don't I don't I think that was a, a big event last year that they got rid of it. Yeah, that was what last year's skills competition was better than this year's. And I watched everything this year, yeah. and I enjoyed it except for the little. Race the guys had to stick handle, go around some cones, and then shoot through those boards that were in. Yeah, like, that was yeah. Stupid. yeah. Like, <laughs> that was just ridiculous. And I don't know who thought that would be a great idea. I think it was probably like a, it was a stick handling challenge, basically. But hey, can you pick this up and can you move it at the same time? I remember Eric Carlson was what like third or fourth, and he just ended up picking the puck yeah. up and putting it on his stick. Yeah, which, they didn't take it seriously. Which is funny, yeah. But like you say, you're not taking it seriously. You're not trying to compete even though there is money on the line. But it's funny, yeah. funny note I just saw on Yager. Let's talk about some stats real quick. When he got traded from the Capitals to the Rangers, he was traded for Anson Carter. I did yeah, see that. Yeah, yeah, I did see Yeah, I, I just looked that up. Yeah, Anson Carter wore number 33, goalie number. Wow. But, Sorry, go ahead. No, it's, we're, we're talking about um, – it's escaping me where they played last year. Los Angeles, correct? What's that? All-Star game was Los Angeles last uh, year? No idea. We'll have somebody look that up. But this year, I think that the atmosphere in Tampa, I think, was actually pretty impressive. I mean, Tampa Bay is, is on a roll this year, and I think having the All-Star team and the games there while they're on a roll, you brought in thousands of fans who who obviously love hockey now. You know, Tampa Bay's playing well. Kucherov was in it. Stamkos, excuse me, Point, Vasilevsky, Hedman would have been there in minus injury. Obviously, you could say you pick fan favorites, but like I said, I, I don't think that this all-star selection nor weekend was really anything special. It, it almost seemed like it was just another one of those things where hey, we put it on and we like to entertain you, but it's, it's nothing – Nothing that blows you off the feet, I guess no. you'd say. 
and, and keep in mind that this was this would have been an Olympic year. Well, it is an Olympic year, but the NHL passed on that. So we could have skipped the All Star game and taken the two or three weeks off, let the players get played in the Olympics. Yeah, I, I'm it, actually I'm super bummed about that. I was gonna say maybe that's something you look forward to that every four years we make a compromise that, hey, we're not going to hold the All-Star game, but we're going to let you guys play in the Olympics. Because for me personally, that's that's a huge – I don't like that. I, The Olympics are supposed to be the best of the best. I don't like the fact that we're holding out NHL players to – even the competition, I guess, would be the word I want to say, but along those sorts. And I was wrong. 2016 was held in Nashville, not Los Angeles, excuse me. Same so for me, the Olympics has always been about your absolute best athletes that you want to win for your yeah. country, bring in yep. a gold medal. So you want the best no matter what. Yep. And for whatever reason, NHL decided against that this year. And I, I could see you you want to keep your players healthy. You want to, you know, keep everybody in line. But like you said, this is a every four-year type thing. Can, can you look at it every four years? Um, we might lose a guy or two. I remember – I believe it was the last Winter Olympics, was John Tavares was the big story. Right before Team Canada started to play, he injured his knee and didn't play the rest of the season for the Islanders. And that was a whole a whole big to-do that we should play, we should pull the players out. Um, it's for their safety. But if you do look at it from an owner's perspective, I mean, these are the guys that they employed to put people in the stands and generate revenue. So from their perspective, why am I going to take, you know, at least two weeks of lost revenue and risk one of my star players getting hurt that maybe people aren't going to come out to as many games? So from a business perspective, I get it. But it'll and, be interesting yeah. to see how the uh, how the Olympics are this year without these superstar players. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested. We were talking about this um, before we started recording your favorite is Team Russia. Yeah, I think the Russians are going to finally do something. I think with, with guys, I think that the entire team is made up of KHL guys, so they're professional league. Well, you've got guys like Kovalchuk and Datsuk that can still play. You know, it'll be interesting to see what they can do as long as they don't come in with, um, you know, big heads that think they're going to run the tournament. So it'll be interesting. Hey, USA, Canada, the other two big powerhouse teams – Normally, not really impressed with their lineups, and I don't know. Be curious to see. I think U.S. might do okay. Sweden's another team that could uh, could surprise some people, especially with uh, the kid Dahlin, the first round pick that or projected to be the first overall pick next year. So it'll be, you know, he could have a good tournament and really, really put his name on the map. I was gonna say, I think my. Besides Russia favorite, I think I'd have to go with with Sweden. I mean, they have their own professional league as well. You've got ex NHL guys over there as well as guys who were drafted but decided to go back. Uh, Finland's another one. I mean, same thing with they've yeah. they've got a professional league. Guys who have played there come back. All sorts. Um, but back to the All Star game. Do you like three on three? I know that oh, I do. people hate it, people love it. There really doesn't seem to be an in-between. I, I actually got a chance to watch the AHL All-Star game on, uh, I believe it was Sunday night. Might have been Monday night. Monday night, yeah. And uh, it was it was incredible to watch. Fast pace. Um, I think it was the North 
division team was was down three one in their uh, semifinal game or whatever, and and stormed back to tie it, and then uh, you know under two minutes, and then last thirty seconds ended up getting a tip in to win it to go to the finals, and ended up winning the finals. So it, it was very exciting. I like the three on three format. I think that's something they should definitely stick with. Yeah, and I'm I'm a big proponent of three on three. It's just more exciting, which is what you want your all-star game to be. You want goals on goals and, and trick plays. I remember there's a specific play um, for Team Atlantic where it was Eichel and Kucherov on a two-on-one, and they both combined for behind-the-back no-look yeah. passes. You don't see that in games very often. It's That's what all-star games are for. It's, yeah. it's for the skill, for the class, for the fun. I don't mind it for all-star I'm still on the fence about it for overtime. I think I think it adds an element of excitement. I think what they should do, to be honest, is I think they should extend the time instead of five minutes, make it ten minutes. And I think at the end of that, then maybe not do the shootout. I'm I'm fifty fifty on on the shootout part. I I think there's some excitement to it, but I think if you do a longer three on three or just sudden death thing, then I think that'll be a that would be a lot better. Well, here, what about you in three on three in overtime, Ryan? Don't you like or doesn't? Uh, yeah, what what don't you like about it? I guess I should ask. Hockey is like a dynamic team game. Overtime is basically your first line, second line, and that's it. There's guys that don't see the ice. Yeah. That normally get a chance. There's nothing better than seeing your fourth line guy score a goal with. Five minutes to go in the third period. The guys got six minutes. Yes, yeah, six minutes of ice time with of four. ice time through the whole game and come out and put one in the back of the net. Yeah, it's, it's I, something I, can see that. I always enjoy about hockey, where you see a defenseman at the end of the year get a hat trick and he has eight total goals for the year. Yeah, I, I could see uh, the argument for that. Um, I remember, I can't think of his name, but a few years ago he led. Led the league that year in overtime goals, and he was at best a third line center. But it was just something about, oh, uh, Matt Hendricks. I'm not sure if he's still in the league. Last I remember, he was with Edmonton. He's at the time he was with Washington. It was shootout goals and overtime goals. He led the league, and he he's so dirty on the shootouts. Uh, like your meat and potatoes grinder guy. Just yeah. he got it done for whatever reason. Hey, I want to loop back real quick again on Yager. The first year he was with the Capitals, their top five in scoring that season. Yager had 79 points. Peter Bondra had 70 points. Adam Oates had 68. Gonchar, defenseman, had 59. And Ulf Dahlin had 52. There's a guy I didn't think about, Adam Oates. And then yeah. they had Dinah Zubers there. And then they had some good uh, good support guys. So he had, actually had some talent there. And they had Ole Coley. Yeah, say Coley. Ole the goalie. Uh, we're solid back then. I've kind of forgotten about Adam Oates. But, yeah. and back to All-Star, and I want to actually tie it into the current suspension of Marchand. Do you think he should have played in the All-Star game? Do you think that the NHL should have stepped in and said, you know, hey, we're not going to allow it? I think had they done that, NHLPA has got an issue with it. But would it have been a, a class move to say, you know, hey, I've been suspended for five games. I'm going to sit this one out. What are your thoughts on that? I, I kind of think the whole who gets voted or 
who goes to the All Star game. I think I think they need to correct that. Obviously, after the John Scott incident. Oh, don't tell they, me you don't like that. Oh no, no, I love I loved it, but <laughs> the way they had the fan balloting, it, it was you know you pick a fan favorite and they're gonna go because who was it uh, the year or two before the kid from Buffalo? That Gergensons. Was from- is that who it was? Yeah, I think it was Latvian. Yeah, 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 like everybody in Latvia voted for him, and he got voted to the All-Star game. Yeah. So I think it's they, – they need to figure out – I think it has to be based on merit, not just, oh, this is the guy we like, so everybody vote for him. Right. But I, but and I, the whole thing this year, just to finish it up, is, is, well, we have to pick one from each team. Well, if you got a team like Arizona that sucks, you know, maybe there's a guy who's playing really well there, but I, I think they – I think it should be more merit-based of – you know, who's who's actually doing good in the league? Who's scoring? Who's doing yeah. this? Because even then, you know, you had one per team. But then some of the guys that they picked, and I, I don't know if it was still fan base this year or not, but, but Chris Letang, I mean, Chris Letang does not have an all-star here. And you know me, I'm not a Flyers guy. But I think if it was another defenseman in that division, I think it should have been Gosses Bear over Letang. Yeah. I, just... and, and, yeah, that, I mean, it does go into the fan vote. but. To play devil's advocate, I mean, the fan vote is how we got the legend of John Scott. I, without the fan vote, and I remember they tried to veto it. They told him, "Hey, if you play, that you know, what are your kids? What are your what's your wife gonna think that you don't deserve to be here, but you're here anyway?" I I think that fan vote gives it that element of of fun, but I agree with you, like merit based uh, guys, like like you said, Latang is a prime example. There was um, it's he slipping my mind. I can't remember who he was, a goalie. He had like a like a, a not a subpar season so far, but it was one of those that there could have been better picks. And I know like people argued Jonathan Quick for instance, but he's he had an injury for the majority of the season, yeah. and they want him to oh, play. Flurry, he missed how many games? But he was with the All Star team. Yeah, I, I think that's who I was thinking of. It was Flurry or, or Helen Buck. One of them was basically, you know, your team's pretty well, but it's the guys in front of you. It's not you yourself. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's part of being a goalie too. The team that you're on, it's part of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> Yager had some well, like, really good teams that he was on over the years that helped him with those points. I see. You you mentioned Helen Buck. He uh, statistically he was doing really good there for a while. About a month or so, you mm-hmm. on fire. Yeah. So uh, I didn't want to cut you off. So like you, you said about merit base, and you're not a fan of the one per team. What would be your ideal setting then? How would you like it if you take away fan voting? Like for instance, we had the fan voting with um, Tampa, and, and I uh, iterated earlier. You had Victor Hedman, who did not make it because of injury. Stamkos, Point, Kucherov, Vasilevsky. Pretty much your stars of that team were on, were selected. What would you do otherwise to prevent something like that? I think maybe you look at points. Say, okay, we need. I don't know, because then you would have to get. A, I mean, maybe then you have to go back to the whole drafting your teams like they did, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, I like that because then you could say, okay, we need. You know, and I'm just gonna throw round numbers out here. I'm not gonna do math on a Friday night. Um, but say you need thirty forwards. So, okay, you take the top 30 forwards that are points at that time, and those are the guys that go. And you need, you know, 20 defensemen. So you pick the 20 top defensemen in points or or plus, minus, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It has to be like merit-based. 
These guys are, you know, they're scoring night in, night out. They are the all-stars of the league, not just, oh, well, we need a guy from that team, so let's pick this guy. Sorry, so I'll play devil's advocate. You have a guy like Crosby who misses the first 30 games of the season and is number 31 out of 30 on the forwards list. Do you think he deserves to go? Yeah, because he's one of the top probably five players in the league. Yeah, I, um, but if he has the points, if you do it point based. But that's what I'm saying though. What if he misses because of injury and falls out of that category? Do you still do you make exceptions? Is what I'm asking. You might be able to build a couple exemptions in just I don't know because again, then that still goes back to the whole popularity thing. Uh, it and that's what it is. It's a popularity contest from high school in reality. Yeah, the league, the NHL, is not going to have an All Star game without Crosby. He could miss. Every game, we'll come back for a week, and, and so, I bet he'd be voted in. So right there, you know, you look at you look at Pittsburgh. You know, you had Crosby and you had Latang, who again, not deserving. No. And then, uh, you know, Kessel didn't get it, but you had somebody from Arizona. And I'm not Ekman picking on Arizona, Larson, but you, you had somebody from Arizona. They had to have somebody. You know, somebody from Buffalo. They had now Eichel. I think is deserving based on the points. So I get that. But you look at these teams where, I mean, Ekman Larson hasn't done much this year because that team hasn't done much. Yeah. So you say you, you say it's fair that, well, we need one per team, so we're going to bring Ekman Larson in. But a guy who's killing it, like Kessel, you got to sit home and watch. There's my problem. Yeah, because you already have two Penguins in. We well, I, I agree with that. Yeah, I, I could actually see that. Um, I know they said that. They, they want to make changes every year. Like we discussed earlier, I think that the skills clinic or or events, I should say, should be changed. Um, like I, I, you know, Mike Smith shoots it from goal line to goal line and makes it inside that little hole. Yeah, I dude, that how was big awesome. It, dude. But you, we didn't get that this year. And maybe that was a – we're going to try something new, for, um, like the stick handling through those the little targets. But I think it, obviously there's a lot you can change from year in year out. You're always going to have that few players who deserve to be selected but weren't, and then you're going to have your horrible example. But John Scotts, who statistically deserved no place, but as a fan you just want to see him have so much fun. Yeah. You know, as far as like the skills portion of it, maybe that's something where they can. And I don't know if they do or don't. You know, who comes up with the idea of this is what we're going to do. If they consult the players and go, all right, what what aspects of the skill competition do you guys want to see? Get the players' input. I, I was gonna say maybe we you start that next year. You start that dialogue of, hey, we're we're gonna bring the NHLPA, which I believe they have a very handful event of it. But what would you guys like to see? What events do you want to do? What what do you think is best? I don't know, just, just some of the traditional ones. You, you always got to have the, the hardest shot. You always got to have the accuracy with the yep. the four corners and whatnot. Can yeah. I say, though, because you – I didn't want to cut you off, but That's you brought right. up hardest shot. Uh, since Chara has not been in it, it's been disappointing. The highest recorded was Ovi at 101. I remember when Chara broke 108, 109, and it was hysteria. And you you have – 101 it just doesn't seem like it's very it, it's not exciting i guess i think there you need other guys like weber yeah i'm not sure why he didn't participate i can't think of the time he, yeah hurt bufflin was a guy you yeah, could bring in for that. Block. um i'm trying to think of a few others 
it's just something like that, it, it makes you wonder. But we're going to wrap it up. But before we do, uh, quick questions. Yager, Hall of Fame. Absolutely. That's yeah, an obvious. Without a doubt. Yeah, no problem. That's First ballot Hall of Fame, though. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I would say yep. so. Um, do you think this is the end for him? NHL, yes. I think he plays at least three more seasons in the Czech League. Right. Yeah, he's done in the NHL. Um, what else do we cover? Olympics. Are they going to be exciting as normal? Or do you think it's going to be a I think decline? there'll be some entertainment value, but I don't think it will be as exciting, you know, as it was in the past with the NHL guys. It'll be entertaining because it's still hockey, but it's it's I don't know. I think I think the juniors tournament still would have been a higher excitement value. So I think it's it's still gonna rank below that. But it'll be entertaining. I it'll be hockey. good. It'll be good hockey, I think. Yeah. I think we'll see a lot of guys that thought, man, I never heard of this dude. Hopefully we'll see him in the NHL someday. I think yeah. you're act- I think you're actually gonna see a lot more guys of wow, that guy still plays. You think, I think so? Yeah, I think yeah. you're going to see well, that. Well, say, we, we look at Canada's roster, and there's guys on there that's I, like, where's that guy been for the last five years? And, and just a preview point, just real quick, I pulled up Canada's roster, and the one that sticks right out to me is Maxime LaPerriere. When's the last time he played in the league? Yeah. Derek Roy. Yeah, yeah, Derek Roy's another. I was just about to bring him up. Yeah. Or a goaltender in Justin Peters, who... Uh, he yeah he was well, he career was he was Hershey career backup last year the year before he was playing AHL hockey. I just you you kind of look over names and your your Ben Scrivens is another goalie who career backup had some chances as a starter. Yeah, you know, something we can cover another episode. But glad to be back. Hopefully our bike wasn't rusted as much as I thought it would be. Thanks for listening. Next time we'll talk uh, Vegas and the Avalanche. Uh, yeah. Go Bulldogs.